Welcome to You Heard Me Right, a podcast that brings people together through creativity, collaboration, and colorful conversation. I'm your host, Casey. Today, we're joining you from where it all started, sort of, in Atlanta, the second stop on our You Heard Me Right road trip. We're excited for you to meet our stellar group of guest artists whose contributions to the show were truly out of this world. Um... I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here. The topic for today's episode is Jupiter. Brace yourself for some artistic interplanetary exploration right after this important message from Mission Control. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Captain Casey from the You Heard Me Right space vessel requesting permission for launch. You're good to go, Captain. Tight. Oh, hey. So, don't worry. I am totally focused on hosting the show right now. But also, I'm kind of currently chartering this mission to space or whatever. It's random. But sometimes, you gotta go to the furthest reaches of the galaxy to find new sources of inspiration. Thankfully, when it came to finding our guest writer for the topic Jupiter, we were able to look no further than in our own backyard. Prepare to meet Daryl. In three, two, one. My name is Daryl Fazio, and I'm a playwright, actor, and graphic designer for the theater. Writing something that was going to be a collaboration with sound artists I didn't know, um, I found really exhilarating, honestly. Um, Collaboration is, after just the urge and need to write things down as a way to understand my own soul and the world, (laughs) collaboration is the second reason I do theater. And so not knowing them means that they also don't know me and they're just going to get this piece without any grasp of who wrote it. There's something really cool about having your work speak for you or sort of stand in for you as a person. Daryl will now read her written piece entitled To Jupiter with Love. I can't hold out forever, Jupiter. You're killing me slowly with your pompous three-million-mile magnetosphere, your swirling volatility, and I mean, can we talk about your gas? So much bloating gas, Jupiter, and under so much pressure inside you that it, it, it turns into a damn metal. It's like, what or who the hell have you been eating? And, and at what point can you just release yourself from all that, that constant crushing burden, r- release me from it? So let me go, Jupiter. And you too. 
Yeah, I'm talking to you, humanity. I did everything you wanted and more. For 3,695 days, I've been orbiting this, this giant in a maddening elliptical orbit, keeping just enough distance to get to know him some, just enough to want to know him more, and just enough to get irradiated in these tiny ways that don't show up at first, not at first, but they are breaking me the hell down. The thing is, Jupiter, distance from your incinerating radioactivity may be keeping me alive, but distance gets to you after a while. I can't hold out forever. One day soon, I'm going to plunge right into your great red spot and find out what you're really made of. And what I am, too. End of transmission. Juno. Ah, the beautiful, mysterious tension of the cosmos, captured so eloquently in Daryl's writing. Looks like we just landed, I guess. Um, cool. I'm gonna go see what's popping on this planet. And while I put on my spacesuit, why don't you go ahead and check in with the first of today's audio artists, Gideon. My name is Gideon Brewer. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I am a music composer, audio engineer, musician. I'm here because I heard about You Heard Me Right from a friend of mine. She uh, listens to the podcast pretty regularly. I told me about it and then proceeded to send me the application and said, you're applying for it, right? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, sure, I will. Lo and behold, applied for it and I'm here. I'm excited because I get to write music, and I love writing music with a passion. It would take up my entire day if I let it. Dude, space is so chill. It's like peaceful and calming and... Wait a second. I think... I think I see something moving in the distance. Should I go towards it? No, right? Oh, okay. It it appears to be heading in this direction. Great. Um, why don't we cut to our second audio artist, Kelly? Oh, dear. My name is Kelly Ezidore, and I do audio. Um... Lots of audio, audiovisual specialists at Mercer University. Uh, on the weekends, I run sound at an improv theater. Not knowing who I was working with for this uh, was pretty exciting, actually. It didn't really affect my creative process. I like getting other people's ideas and because, you know, they, they think differently and they have another, a different creative process. and. I can feed off of that. We could feed off each other. Um, so that where that's where that's interesting. But then once I get in the zone and I'm by myself, it's it's all over. <laughs> and then after the prompt is given to the writer, the written piece is given to two different audio artists, but like none of the people know who any of the other guests are. 
You get it now? Oh, hey, um, you're back. I'm just chopping it up with my new friend Glibclore about how this show works. I think he's getting it. Anyway, I guess I should probably be heading back to Earth now, just to make sure I get to the studio on time for our group recording session. Uh, Glibcorp, you wanna come through? Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So, Daryl and Gideon and Kelly, welcome to You Heard Me Right. Wow. I am super happy that you're all here today, this chilly day in Atlanta. (laughs) We are going to start with listening to the audio responses to Daryl's amazing written piece that I will now reveal to you was inspired by the word Jupiter. We will start with listening to Gideon's sonic response. Gideon. And now we will hear Kelly's audio response.
Thank you very much, Kelly. So, Daryl, you you took us to to outer space, and we're we're lost in the cosmos. And help us find our way back. What what did you hear in both of those pieces that you connected with? Anything that surprised you? What are you thinking right now? Um, uh, part of what surprises me is how different they are. Um, but I think. It's almost like you could layer them um, on top of each other. I think they each artist keyed into sort of a different emotional note um, from the the speaker in the monologue. Um, in Gideon's, I felt the sort of loneliness and isolation, obviously floating out in space, and and that sort of blackness um, and disconnect, but also this like longing. <laughs> which is very much in the monologue. Um, and then in Kelly's, it's, there is a rage. There's a rage brewing under there. Um, so it's very ethereal still and sort of space-like, um, and it's got this engine under it, um, and there's this desperation to connect in a different way. It comes through in a very different way. Um, so, yeah, I think they both picked up on things that the person is feeling um, really beautifully. So let's talk a little bit about process here. Um, Starting with you, Kelly, when you first received Daryl's piece, what was sort of like the thing that jump-started your your creation of your audio response? Um, I actually, when I started off, I did a lot of research. Um, I looked up Jupiter and Juno, and uh, I was trying to find the the meaning of what the writer was trying to portray. And I got two different things. I was kind of going for literal and metaphorical. I wanted to give it the the spaciness, the satellite, you know, Juno being the satellite of Jupiter, but I also saw, like, a unhappy relationship uh, that I wanted to portray, too. Uh, So I did a lot of research, and then once I had ideas in my head, uh, I knew kind of what sounds I wanted to do and and went from there. Um, Mine was kind of similar. The only difference is before I got it, I was already, it's funny, I was already playing with Huh, space. Huh. <laughs> um, and this is totally different. What you heard was totally different than <laughs> what I had before. Um, so doing the same, you know, some um, research knowing, okay, Jupiter, it is Roman god Zeus. And then Juno is, is Hera. Hera, you know, being, you know, the angry person she was, but only because Zeus would betray her all the time and, also, you know, blackmailed her into marrying him, and she's like, I-, I didn't want this in the first place. <laughs> so how can I kind of portray both, along with, you know, the fact that um, the similarities, you know, instead of having this gentle giant that um, a host, you know, has, you know, Jupiter's the planets, uh, show who, how things really are in the relationship, you know, the like the TV relationships, Oh, I want their relationship, but behind closed doors, they're throwing pots and pans and knives at each other. <laughs> How can I show that, you know, at the same time, you know, uh, Juno's longing to be out of it, 
um, to find out what's really going on, but at the same time to end it all, all for not only, you know, um, herself, but also for, or, you know, Jupiter as well. Uh, so that's kind of what went through my head. What's really cool is each artist um, picked up on different emphases of my own thought process. Um, so I naturally gravitated initially towards Jupiter, and I knew I was going to be reading the piece, um, and I focused my stories on women, so it was going to be Juno. Um, but then I thought, well, the planet Jupiter would afford the sound artists a lot more opportunity. So what happened was almost this sort of subconscious collision of all the emotions of the female rage and the toxic masculinity and the unfaithfulness um, being sort of put onto this planet um, and something orbiting it um, that happened to have the same names. And <laughs> that, that happened sort of sub subconsciously, uh, like I said, coming off of, like Kelly said, she did a lot of research. Oh my God, so much research. Um, and so much of it was, yeah, what Gideon was saying about the relationship, a lot of which I didn't know or had forgotten. And then getting sucked into all these videos um, where you can have simulations of flying into Jupiter's atmosphere and into the core of Jupiter and what that feels like and the sound that Jupiter makes because they've recorded that somehow and all the pictures Juno has been taking. It all just became um, one. And... Um, I didn't, in, I didn't know that was going to happen until I sat down to actually write the piece after marinating on it for about 10 days, and then it just came out. Wow, we're talking about the Roman mythology <laughs> and, and science. People are going to be on the Wikipedia after this I'm for like, sure. This is, this is crazy. Um, but this is great. I have a question that is related to space um, for all of you. So we're... I mean, in an age now where commercial space travel is becoming a thing, if and when you got the opportunity to even just like do a day trip, you know what I'm saying, out the atmosphere, circle to Earth, do something like that, are you interested in commercial space travel? <laughs> by the looks on their faces, audience, <laughs> I don't know. I would do a day trip just because <laughs> I I like things that boost my adrenaline, and I feel like that would do it. I think you're right. But living on another planet, no. Heard, heard. What um, what are your thoughts? What a weird question I'm about to ask. What are your thoughts on aliens? Do you believe that is there a possibility that there are other intelligent life forms? in the galaxy somewhere that we'll find out about at some point? Um, probably we won't find out about it. <laughs> Not if the government has a say. I, I, I definitely believe there is. Whether they want to be involved with humans, <laughs> that's a different story. Uh, again, it's one of those things where do we want to release this information do we not? What happens if we do? Maybe we should just have people focus on other things. I absolutely think there are, and I think they're far more intelligent than us. Uh, so this is a rabbit hole that I could go deep down, but we'll stay on the, the surface. Um, yeah, they do exist. There's no way that space is that big and we're the only living beings. Yeah, so that's where I'm going to stop. 
<laughs> for that. <laughs> We're going to have to do the deep cut Kelly conspiracies for the bonus episode. <laughs> new, new podcast idea right here. Um, I love mysteries and unanswered questions. So I don't, I don't necessarily need to know um, definitively. I, I like to think about aliens the same way I like to think about sort of spiritual things. Um, I think for us to believe we are connected to many other organisms and cells and things that we can't even identify or define um, is pretty beautiful. And I certainly hope that's the case. But uh, if we're the best the universe has got, (laughs) it's rough. You know, I don't think it's from lack of trying, though. (laughs) We've tried. We've evolved Mm -hmm. to a degree. Yeah. That is an oddly beautiful segue to my next question about the connection between organisms. Now, like you said it better and I said it and it sounds weird. Um, (laughs) So, like, speaking of connecting organisms, we are all in this room together. The three of you have just connected through an art project where you had no idea that you were the ones that you were working with. So now having gone through the process, having, you know, sat and chatted for a little bit, what are some of the things that are now clarified for you? Was there anything during your individual process that you were like, oh, okay, now that I'm chatting with Daryl or Gideon or Kelly, like, okay, that kind of makes sense. You know, I I never had any question. (laughs) It was so read it a couple of times, it's like, okay, cool. Okay, read it again. And the way my mind works, it's segments when it comes to stuff like this. It's like, okay, when you write, it's intentional. So it, the way it's broken up, it, it's broken up that way for a reason. So since that's broken up, then it translates to, okay, so then do this. Um, kind of like a computer program where, you know, you, you type in, oh, for those who know coding or, you know, it's like, you do tell the computer to do this, and it's going to do exactly what you tell it. And if you don't put that in, then it's going to say user error, pretty much. So it was done at a point to where I wasn't really confused. It's just, okay, cool. This is what I'm getting. I can move forward. Yeah, and I would say, um, you know, I mean, I've been writing plays for a while, and I've been seeing how artists interpret them the, and that includes not just actors, but also designers and how they interpret the set and how they interpret the lights. And I've been learning slowly how to define my vision, but also to leave plenty of space for them to do their art um, and make their own interpretation and for us to sort of find that oh, pretentious word alert, symbiosis. <laughs> um and yes, when I write, I mean, I love hearing Gideon. This is like music to my ears. You know, where I put a line break, where I put a space between two lines, whether I underline something for emphasis. Um, I even write sometimes or everything, there aren't any capital letters. Um, all of that is there to help create a sort of a map for whoever is going to be taking that written word to the next level, whatever that level is going to be, whatever medium. Um, so it's great to hear it does its job. When I heard Daryl was a playwright, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, after looking (laughs) at that and looking back, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Perfect. Um, 
But before I didn't really think about those things, um, I knew that the other audio person was going to be more musically inclined than I am, because I am not. Uh, I was looking more for the sound design side of things, because I can't read music, none of that. Um, So I knew that, um, not new, but I figured as much. Um, And I'd be coming toward the side of designer rather than musical. Um, But yeah, once, like, I heard everything, it it all kind of, the, the, puzzle pieces kind mm-hmm. of fit together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a puzzle that Casey's mm-hmm. put together here. It's like a 3D puzzle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a 3D puzzle with live artist people. Oh, yeah. It's... And we're all trapped. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll, we'll release you at some point. We'll release you. Be sure to tune into next week's episode when a scientist, a scholar, and an app developer provide some interesting quantitative analysis. You can count on it. You Heard Me Right is a Spotify SoundUp original series and was workshopped as part of the SoundUp Podcasting Accelerator at Spotify headquarters in New York City. From Could Be Pretty Cool Productions, this episode was produced and edited by Casey Willis. Audio engineering by Dante Hodge. Mixing and sound design by Moon Echo Audio. And videography by Jacob McCoy. Our executive producers are Casey Willis and Moon Echo Audio. Special thanks to Greg Cooler at Lantern Audio, Gina, Baron, Lexi, Caroline, and Simone. From Spotify, executive producers Julie McNamara, Corinne Gilliard, Miguel Contreras, Natalie Tillock, and James Dunwall. For more information about today's guest artists, visit us at HeardRightPod.com or follow us on IG at HeardRightPod. Thanks for listening.